and greetings tomorrow's world now viewers welcome to our second show this is super exciting are we live on facebook last week we were not so i wanted to come on and explain a little bit to you i know you're out there watching right now on facebook so Last week was our very first show, and we have so much technology back there in our control room and able to get this show out to you. And somehow the Facebook feed failed last week. So I just want to let you know what happened. We were, we were rolling live on Facebook and on YouTube, or at least so we thought. As, as it turned out, Facebook failed, but we kept live on YouTube. And also somehow due, due to a technical glitch, the last little part of the YouTube feed also failed. So last week's show, uh, and welcome to this week's show to all of our viewers around the world. I'm sure uh, people are tuning in right now as it's going live. Uh, but last week's show it got cut off a little early. So we took the entire show afterwards and brought it in and uploaded the entire show for everyone to view. So this show is meant to be live. And let me go to our producer in the booth, Mr. Ryan Dawson. Ryan, are you in there? I am, Dylan. Okay, and I need to ask you because I'm super excited. This, are we actually live now? We are actually live now on that, both. Both streams are running smoothly. That is absolutely fantastic. So, so here we are on Facebook Live. It's a brand new tool for Tomorrow's World. We're calling the show Tomorrow's World Now. And it's exciting. We have two guests today. Mr. Gerald Weston, he's an evangelist in the Living Church of God, and we also have Mr. Wyatt Saselka, who's a pastor in the Living Church of God, and they're our guests today. And as we're talking about Facebook right here, this is a new endeavor for the Living Church of God. So what do you think about the prospects of being able to open a new door and go through it? Well, Dale and I think it's really important that we uh, use every tool that is at our disposal. And uh, this is, we're just starting out. This is like baby uh, trying to walk. And uh, we don't know where it will lead. We know that uh, one of our predecessors, uh, certainly uh, one that many of our Tomorrow's World subscribers are familiar with, uh, Mr. Herbert Armstrong, started out with a 250-watt uh, radio station. Uh, back in the infancy at the time, but he saw the potential of it. And I think that that's what we have to do. We have to be able to see the potential in something. And this gives us a, a tremendous uh, tool because when we do a, a telecast, there's uh, editing and there's time shipping and different things like that. And so it takes usually several months before it comes out. The same thing with a magazine. But this gives us the opportunity to speak live about the most current events that, that are happening, even things that are happening right now as we're, we're talking on here. I'm sure that at certain times there will be news stories that come up that we can comment on as they come about. about. That, that makes me think of an event that actually happened early on when Facebook Live launched last year that I, I thought was pretty fascinating. So you may have heard about it in the news, anyone watching here, but about a month after Facebook Live launched, actually the actual date was uh, July 7th, 2016, there was a woman who was in the car with her boyfriend, I guess, and they were pulled over by a police officer. And uh, something happened where her, her boyfriend or whatever ended up getting shot and killed. And right after he was shot, she took her phone out. And I mean, that's, this, is, this is really interesting. She took her phone out and she went right on to Facebook Live right away and broadcast the, the, the whole conversation she had with the officer. And actually, uh, uh, it's terribly tragic, but we saw her boyfriend die right before 
uh, our eyes. And it built a lot of steam right away. So people started passing this around on Facebook immediately. And I think there were hundreds of thousands of viewers and eventually millions of people saw it. But for the first time in maybe human history, uh, this was just what I noted from it that I thought was very unusual, is that uh, this phone right here can now become a witness in your pocket. You don't have to necessarily be with someone for someone to see what's happening to you. And I thought that was really interesting, and it, I think it, it's an interesting thing to think about um, in, in light of Bible prophecy, which is what, one of the things we talk about on this show. Um, what, do you think, what do you think about that kind of prospect, to be able to have a witness in your pocket like that? Well, it is interesting because the book of Revelation talks about uh, two individuals that are going to uh, be witnesses to the world. Now, we, we certainly don't think that we are those individuals uh, individually here on, on stage or uh, who knows who those individuals will be. God will choose them at his time and it will give them supernatural power. But they'll be able to speak to the whole world because we know that not only will they be able to speak to the world, but the world is going to communicate when those two individuals are killed and they're going to be in the, uh, not allowed to go to their graves or be buried for three and a half days and then they'll be resurrected but uh, in order to be able to communicate and send presents to people and friends and communicate around the world it takes some kind of a technology that we have today that was not in existence a hundred years ago yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, who is obviously the creator, founder of Facebook, uh, wrote an article on February 16th, 2017, which wasn't too long ago. Um, and I thought he said a few fascinating things. It's from Building a Global Community is the title of his article. Uh, and I think that it's interesting. He, he said this, this is a quote from that article. He said, today we are close to taking our next step. Our greatest opportunities are now global. Like spreading prosperity and freedom, promoting peace and understanding, lifting people out of poverty and accelerating science. Our greatest challenges also need global responses like ending terrorism, fighting climate change and preventing pandemics. He says progress now requires humanity coming together not just as cities or nations, but also as a global community. Now with potential, I've heard 2.2 billion people or somewhere around there now on Facebook, what do you think about that kind of connection that's happening that's really never happened in the world before? Well, it is interesting because, uh, you know, uh, the, the book of Daniel, uh, the prophet Daniel said that uh, a sign of the end of the age would be uh, people be running to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Now, we have transportation both physically and in this, this sort of way. But it, it's interesting that mankind always has a solution through science to solve all of man's problems, whether it be poverty or terrorism or whatever. And man never attains that. He always ends up making matters worse. So technology is not the problem. I think this is another one of those pie-in-the-sky ideas that somehow through this means we can bring about nirvana or bring, bring, bring about uh, Shangri-La or some sort of a, uh, a wonderful place at the end of the age. And it's just not going to happen, not man's way, it's going to be God's way. And man does not have the, the answers because technology does not solve the problem of human nature. Yeah, he, he mentioned in here uh, something that was, was particularly inter interesting to me before um, I... 
the Facebook feed just cut out on us. Oh, the Facebook feed just cut out. Well, we're still on YouTube, hopefully. Uh, question, Ryan? Yes. Let's put Ryan on the screen there. So, yeah, the Facebook feed just cut out. Is, is there a way that we think we can get it back up and running? Yes, Mr. Uh, Chris Leonard's working on it right now. Okay. Um, so let us know when it gets back up and running. And, you know, let's continue the show because we're live on, on, on YouTube. So we'll just continue the show on YouTube and hope that we get back on for our Facebook viewers. Um, but I, but in, in response to that and also this article, I mean, one of the things he said here was um, spreading prosperity and freedom. So for me, freedom was such an interesting thing because growing up, I never felt like... Uh, like I had any freedom, uh, just all the all the all the aspects of life, and we all have a different life, right? We all we all grow up in different ways and have all these different experiences, and we all have such a different life when when we're growing up. And nobody can compare. Every single day is different, and it leads up to where we are. But I remember just thinking, why can't I have some sort of peace of mind, some sort of liberty and freedom, and I didn't have that, and I never, ever expected that I would find the answers in the Bible, which is a book that I actually never read until about 2003 when I first saw this Tomorrow's World program. But talking about freedom, we know that Facebook is not going to bring the world freedom. Mark Zuckerberg might think it, it will, and we do thank him for this technology, and we're excited about it. But, but what brings real freedom is, is something very different. Yes, freedom is, uh, is very much misunderstood. People think freedom is to do anything you want to do. And yet uh, there is a, a creator that gave us life, and he knows what's good for us, and he gave us laws. And people talk about the Ten Commandments, but they don't even know what they say, much less do them. And uh, it is by the breaking of those laws that we bring ourselves into bondage to whatever we are, uh, you know, and, and the, the sins that we commit bring us into bondage. And that's, that's where you were, uh, Dylan, as, as I was growing up. We, we wanted freedom, but we wanted all the wrong way. And it's not for us to define the laws that, that bring freedom. And while man continues to do it, it just gets worse and worse. Mm -hmm. uh, it, would you like to comment on that, Mr. Saselka? <clears throat> I agree, and I was going to add, just going back a few moments ago um, about technology, you know, the, fundamentally, um, it, uh, what's going to bring about, you know, goodness and, and freedom and, and peace, it, it's not technology that's going to bring it about, it's, it's a change of heart, a change of mind, and so, you know, we have to remember that, and, and I, I am glad that we have uh, the ability to broadcast around the world. Uh, I'm glad that people can talk to us on Facebook and ask questions, and we want to use that uh, as, a, as a way to talk about the, the hope we have, that there is a God, and, and that we, you know, we do believe that God has a plan, and we, you know, we're very convinced, and we have a lot of faith in that. But um, technology by itself is not, is not going to solve the problem. And um, so that, I just wanted to add that. And, and so if, if God can use this to help us to connect to people that are looking for answers, then, you know, in my opinion, that's fantastic, and we're real thankful for that. Yeah, technology moves so fast these days. You almost can't keep up with it. You, you hear about the next phone, and then 
five minutes later, there's another phone. And then five minutes later, there's another phone and another computer. Um, recently, some of us from Tomorrow's World went to a convention called South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. And it's a technology and media convention where we went to get some ideas about our, our program and our internet effort. And we saw a lot of interesting technology, um, artificial intelligence, and all these different things. And we, we did a little bit there um, and on, on what, what they call uh, 3D or 360 video technology and I'd like to, to show show the clip to our audience just a quick little one-minute bit from that convention and then we'll talk a little bit about that so our director Chris Leonard in there in in the booth there would you please play the uh, the clip from from that convention if you can this is Dylan King I'm at South by Southwest the technology conference in Austin Texas and I'm at the Facebook 360 booth it's an interesting new technology that Facebook's developed, and you see a lot of these 360 cameras here at this conference. We've seen a bunch of them, but there's some interesting implications for that. With a 360 camera, you can film all around you, and Facebook is working on that technology as a live technology eventually. So if you think about it, you could have two people talking to each other in two totally different places, but when they have these virtual reality glasses on, they're seeing in a 3D space the person they're talking to or just the person who actually has that camera. But if you think about it, at some point, you're gonna be able to see in almost a 3D spectrum everything that someone else is seeing from anywhere else in the world. And we know that that kind of technology has interesting implications when it comes to the prophecy of God's word. So, for tomorrow's world at South by Southwest, see you later. If you really think about it, we're this internet thing i mean we don't none of us really know how it works right even even the best uh people who know about the internet say well it's all connected somehow but no one exactly knows where it works i mean it started in a little tiny uh, uh, uh office in ucla i think in 1969 is when they sent the first internet message from ucla to uc berkeley i think it was or it might have been caltech or something and then ever since then this little this little tiny web has been and growing and growing and growing and growing and it's just it's something to think about when we're talking about about Bible prophecy and I'd like to ask you two gentlemen about this is that the internet is so connected and sometimes I'll go to bed at night and I'll think wow I just I just bought something on Amazon and earlier today I bought gas and my credit card company uh, sent me a text that says that I you know that maybe I should uh, someone stole my credit card and all these things are so connected and I sometimes I wonder what would happen if something bad happened to the internet and it all went down. You know, not to scare anybody, but, but, but we, we, we seems like we're so dependent on that technology today. Um, what do you think could happen to, to the world if something really catastrophic happened to the internet? Maybe that's a question for Mr. Siselka. Um Look, I'll, I'll just say first that I, I'm, I am a technologist. Um, I enjoy technology. Technology is a tool. I find it exciting. Um, but technology can be a tremendous, tremendous distraction. So what would happen if the internet went down? I think, you know, a lot of people would, um, would uh, really, uh, you know, just about fall apart emotionally. They wouldn't be able to uh, chat with each other and so forth. But, and there would be disruptions to the supply chain. There would be disruptions to, you know, uh, the utility grid, things like that. I mean, it, it would be a, a, a major, major problem uh, for a, a, a city-based uh, civilization. 
as far as supplying food and so forth. But, you know, there are some other potential, you know, positives. People would have time to talk to their family. You know, how about getting to know your kids, right? Uh, maybe people would open up the Bible, you know, read, read, sure. read, read scripture. Uh, no, I, I, I'm a technologist. I enjoy technology. I'm thankful God has given us the ability to use technology to reach people. But um, if the internet went down, uh, I, we would have civil disruption. But maybe there would also be an opportunity for people to, uh, to get back to what matters. You know, family, prayer, uh, you know, study, reading a good book, things like that as well. Uh, it's interesting what you say about that. Uh, I have two small kids, and we, we try to limit what we call screen time. And, that, and that's a whole new thing, because when I was a kid, there was no screen time. There was go out and ride your bike time. Mm -hmm. But you, you, know, you didn't have these, these things to distract you. And, and actually, yeah, when, when, when I take the, the screen away from my kids, which I'm finding that I do more and more these days, because who knows what they're watching, right? So we limit that screen time, and they... Um, they, they don't like that. They kind of freak out, right? Um, people are, are, are super, super in tune to th this technology and, and, and children more than ever. Um, I, have you noticed walking around, just walking around the city that so many people are not really even looking where they're going? They're either on their phone here or, or even here, which, which is super dangerous. And we hear about people getting in accidents all the time. I think even driving fatalities, they say, are up and that it could be even more dangerous than drunk driving to drive with your screen. It's kind of scary because uh, I don't know about you, but I see a lot of people texting on very busy roads here here in Charlotte, and uh, you always wonder, what's the guy doing behind me? In fact, I, I like to look back in my mirror and give plenty of space in front of me in case this person is coming up too fast. Uh, you know, I had three comments I wanted to make on the, this subject. I think the first thing that would happen is that uh, whoever's in the teddy bear business would make a fortune because we'd probably all have to give them teddy bears because they'd be uh, crying in their, their uh, whatever. and. Uh, but uh, and more seriously, I think uh, Mr. Soselka brought out a good point that there are positives to it. In 2004, uh, I was living up in uh, uh, the Toronto area, and we had that uh, northeast blackout affected all northeast eastern part of the United States and parts of Canada. And we were out of electricity for about 26 hours, and the next morning we... Uh, had the opportunity of meeting some of our neighbors uh, we, that we hadn't really met before. We just got the barbecue out, made some coffee with it, and uh, we all sat there in the driveway uh, talking and chatting. But I think that it's also true that there's so much that's tied in uh, to, to the, uh, the grid. And it reminds me of, of a particular passage of Scripture that doesn't make sense in, in one sense, and that is that in warfare today, uh, numbers are not what, where it is. I mean, you look at World War II, and there were huge numbers of soldiers that were fighting there. Today, we use drones. Uh, we use, uh, you know, kill uh, at, at distances, as people do. But the Bible speaks of an army of 200 million men. And you have to wonder, why would there be such a large army at that particular time in, in man's history? And I, I believe it was Einstein that was credited with this. It could have been someone else. But he said, I know not with what weapons World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. We're coming to a time in history where this, the sheer size of the army is going to be important. And so while we don't always know the answers to it all, it just brings up questions that makes you wonder, 
well, what, what is going to happen? Is, the, uh, is our technology going to fail at some point in time to bring that about? Yeah, 200 million people. Can you imagine? That's, what, two-thirds of the United States all geared up for, for an army. I mean, that's, all, that's unimaginable mm -hmm. because we know, I mean, even China maybe has one of the bigger armies and um, I haven't heard what it is, but it's a million or something. Well, Mao, so, Mao uh, bragged back in the 60s, and I wish I had that clip, but he bragged that he could uh, field an army of over 200 million, something like 216 million. Uh, of course, that may have been bluff and, and, and so forth, but uh, we, we shouldn't all think that they're on the front line either because their supply and everything like that, so you could have a lot of people that wouldn't all have, have guns necessarily. It looks like China's army is two and a third million active with a reserve of over half a million. Yeah. I think that when we get to that point in time in history, it's going to be everything. It's, it's going to be a, a time when... Uh, nations are going to pull out all stops, and it's not just going to be one, uh, one particular uh, nation at that point in time. It'll be a combination, but it's it's unimaginable in our world today. But when we we think of what's going to be at stake, as survival of of mankind, and as as they will view it, everything will be thrown. Well, speaking of history, we know that, or at least here on Tomorrow's World, we truly believe that the Bible is the one book and the one source that literally can give us history in advance. And there's a really important story in the news right now about Britain actually leaving the European Union. And uh, I'd like to play a little clip here on my iPad here of Theresa May, who's the Prime Minister of Great Britain, and she spoke to Parliament, I think it was yesterday um, about Britain leaving the European Union. Uh, so let's go ahead and look at, watch this little clip of her. I'm going to play it right here on my iPad. Um, and then I have a comment. I think it's very interesting regarding tomorrow's world and what we teach about this particular thing that's happening right now in the news. So here it goes. Statement. The Prime Minister. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. To get today, the government acts on the democratic will of the British people, and it acts too on the clear and convincing position of this House. A few minutes ago in Brussels, the United Kingdom's permanent representative to the EU handed a letter to the President of the European Council on my behalf, confirming the government's decision to invoke Article 50 of the Treaty on European Union. The Article 50 process is now underway, and in accordance with the wishes of the British people, the United Kingdom is leaving the European Union. This is an historic moment from which there can be no turning back. Britain is leaving the European Union. We are going to make our own decisions and our own laws. We are going to take control of the things that matter most to us, and we are going to take this opportunity to build a stronger, fairer Britain, a country that our children and grandchildren are proud to call home. That is our ambition and our opportunity, and that is what this government is determined to do. Mr. 
So that happened, I believe, yesterday. And it's interesting because in the Bible, uh, as, as we know, it predicts the future. And we, in tomorrow's world, we follow the news very carefully in light of what the Bible says. And uh, there's an article written by one of our, our Tomorrow's World presenters, Mr. Rod King, uh, from 2012, so uh, about five years or so ago, from March, April, from Tomorrow's World magazine by Rod King. And the title of the article is, Will Britain Leave the European Union? And this is a ways back. And I'll just read you this one sentence here, uh, down here from his article towards the end. He says, uh, Mr. King says, Will Britain leave the European Union? It may very well not have a choice. It may find itself excluded by a new European power that is yet to be established. And at Tomorrow's World, and for decades and decades in the Church of God, um, we've, been, we've taught that Britain will not be part of that union. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, I go back about 50 years in, in this work in, in one way or another, and uh, we, we've always known that Britain would not be in that final configuration. In fact, they weren't at that time. They didn't come in until about 73, I believe was, when Britain came into the uh, European Union. But uh, we, we know that they, they're not going to be there. There are going to be 10 kings, as the scripture says, that will give their power over to uh, a beast or, or an individual. And uh, when we know the identity of nations, we know that Uh, Britain can't be because we know who they are and they're going to be uh, overcome by the beast uh, as opposed to being a part of it. So it's interesting, uh, Dale and I was in Brussels the very night that the vote was taking place and not far from the parliamentarian building there, in fact we walked over there, three of us, uh, from there to uh, a restaurant. We were eating a meal and as we were sitting outside, uh, the, the storm clouds began to come up. And you could see that it was going to be a, a serious storm. And we finally decided it was best for us to leave and get to our cars. So uh, one fellow, David, went to uh, the press room where he works. Uh, he's a freelance writer. And he went back to the, the press room to see what was happening. We heard later that it was uh, nothing much at that time, but he came back in the middle of the night. But uh, Mr. Ellis and I uh, went back to his, well, I actually went back to my hotel, and he went on home. But that night, this storm came through, and it knocked down trees and uh, all kinds of stuff, uh, flooding. Uh, It was one of the worst storms that that Belgium had seen in in many, uh, many years. I don't know exactly how long. But it shut down a major highway for quite a while. Uh, He got home around 11 o'clock. His wife, who was just five minutes behind, didn't get off the road in time. And she didn't get home till 3 in the morning because of the the road being blocked. But what was interesting, going to bed that night, uh, everybody was predicting that the Brexit vote would fail, including Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson, uh, who were right in the front of of leading the charge to, to get out. And when we woke up the next morning, there was a a different kind of a storm, a huge storm. It was kind of like a a precursor of what was to come. And so uh, this was not really a surprise. I mean, it was a little bit of a surprise to us because we didn't know how Britain would get out. But it wasn't a total shock or surprise to us because we've known this was coming. And the way that we know it is from Bible prophecy. So I I don't know if Mr. Uh, Soselka has more to add to this, but... Uh, yeah, I would just add, you know, of course, for those 
listening who are familiar with this, they can go to our website and, and you know, look up more information articles on this. But Britain wants a, uh, a friendly divorce. And um, it's interesting that even as of yesterday, um, uh, so Theresa May submitted the, the, uh, uh, the six-page letter, or her, her representatives did, to initiate Article 50, which allows for the, the uh, Brexit for officially for that to happen. <clears throat> and in that letter, she talked about wanting uh, to negotiate uh, the terms of a post-Brexit relationship with the EU. And uh, she wanted to talk about that in parallel with the negotiating to exit. So we want to talk about the divorce, but we also want to talk about a friendly relationship after the divorce is what Britain wanted. And just yesterday, uh, Germany rejected that. Angela Merkel said no to that. So when you, when you understand what we've taught, what God's church has taught down through the decades, uh, you really see prophecy pieces starting to line up the way that we've talked about for decades. And um, I think it's, uh, it's just worth taking note uh, how Britain wants out and Germany's already saying, look, you know, you want the divorce? Um, we're not going to talk about a friendly relationship post-divorce yet. M maybe we'll talk about that in the future. So I think, you know, to bring it back, not to change the, the, the subject, but to bring it back to this show, mm -hmm. um, that's another reason I'm excited about this show. We, we were talking about that earlier, and I'm not trying to, to change the, the, the conversation, but when, thing, when news like that breaks, uh, you know, we, we can reach people live, and potentially in the future, it won't be a, a Thursday at 3 o'clock. It'll be, you know, whenever news breaks, and we can talk about things that are happening through a biblical perspective, which... You know, people need to need to hear, need to understand. But, anyways, uh, those are those are my comments on on Brexit. Well, speaking of breaking news, I mean, th this is from today. Uh, so, so there was a reaction by the European Union from from ter what Theresa May said. I think it's interesting. Uh, here's the headline, and this is from the uh, Express News. But it says EU could break up the U.S. Junker in jaw-dropping threat to Trump over support for Brexit. And it reads here, European Union boss Jean-Claude Juncker this afternoon issued a jaw-dropping threat to the United States, saying he could campaign to break up the country in revenge for Donald Trump's supportive comments about Brexit. And here's the actual quote, which I thought was kind of interesting. He said, here's the quote, Brexit isn't the end. A lot of people would like it that way, even people on another continent where the newly elected U.S. president was happy that the Brexit was taking place and, and has asked other countries to do the same. He says, if, it, if he goes on like that, I think speaking of Trump, that I am going to promote the independence of Ohio and Austin, Texas in the U.S. Now, We've taught for years and years that the United States and Great Britain have a very special relationship, and that is an important key to understanding Bible prophecy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, once you understand uh, who the House of Israel is, which is not the Jews. Everybody thinks Israel and Judah are, are synonymous, and they definitely are not. And when you look at the, the rise of America and Britain, and, and you see our... our uh, uh, cousins, you might say, uh, Canadians, Australians, New Zealanders, uh, even the little nation of Israel, uh, we're related in a way that the world really does not recognize. And yet what we're seeing is that these countries are being forced together, closer together. And we have always said that there will be a, a divorce in a certain sense. We didn't use that term. But there would be a breach between Europe 
and the Israelite countries. And we're seeing that right now. And our, our current president is encouraging the Europeans to rearm or to spend more on armaments. And as one of the uh, representatives told the Europeans, why should we care more for your children than you do? And that sounds good from a human perspective, but we are encouraging Germany to rearm again. And uh, we, we know that this is moving in the direction we've always said it would, uh, just uh, not exactly the, the path that we thought, but there is a crisis in Europe. Uh, the European Union is in serious trouble. Uh, they can say that, well, we don't need Britain, but uh, Germany exports more cars to Britain than any other country. And when you are over there and you see the Mercedes and the Audis and the, uh, well, the Volkswagens, what's the other electric car, Mercedes and uh, uh, BMWs, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. And so this is not going to be all that easy to just uh, punish Britain without punishing themselves. So we're seeing the, the breakup in a certain sense of the European Union. We see it talking about an inner core and an outer core but there will be 10 kings or leaders that give their power over to uh, what we've always said would be a, a German uh, uh, individual or uh, representing Germany. And uh, we're, we're beginning to see the rise of Germany once again. They've, they've already become very powerful. They haven't necessarily militarily, but that will come. Yeah, Christ said to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So obviously he knew something about what the house of Israel was. And, you know, part of our commission as a church in tomorrow's world and in reaching out to this world is that we love the world. We, we see what's going on and we know from Bible prophecy certain things that have been revealed about what's going on. And what we call the Ezekiel message is something that we're commissioned to preach to the whole world. Why, why is it important? What is the Ezekiel message? Well, Ezekiel was an individual, a prophet, who was given a commission to go to a people that he couldn't really reach. And uh, his, because the house of Israel had gone into captivity 120 years earlier. And so he was to give a message. He was to portray the city of Jerusalem, which was uh, the Jews. And they were going into captivity in three waves. And he was to use the city of Jerusalem as a type of the house of Israel. And later on, he is told that he is to take this message to the house of Israel. And if he did not do so, then the blood of those who were uh, taken captive, those that were killed, would be on his head. But if he gave that message out, then the, the blood would be on their own heads. And so we, we recognize that it was prophetic for the future that there's going to be a work, a group of people who will take Ezekiel's message to the world, but especially to the house of Israel. And that's a warning that we're, we're given. If we don't do it, then God is going to require that of us. He's going to hold us accountable. Yeah, and that message in Ezekiel comes from Jesus Christ, right? So in John 3.16, I know that we have a booklet on that, uh, but it says that Christ so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I think a lot of people don't quite understand how much he did love the world, and, and, and we do as well. So it's important that, that we, with, with Christ in us and helping us get this message out, go out and try to reach all the nations with this message. And it's interesting that you use the term love uh, in that context, and it's the most quoted verse probably of any place in the Bible. 
And, and it does show God's great love in that he, the Father, gave his, his uh, only begotten Son. But I think it brings up the, the question of what is love. Uh, so often people think of love as just an emotion. Uh, and yet it is a, a way of life. Uh, we, we can uh, read Facebook in is down as well. We, we can read in Scripture that uh, uh, love is, is the keeping of the commandments. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. And yet people think that the commandments of God are a burden and that they're harsh and that, uh, you know, if we could just be free, liberated from them, that we'd be okay. But at the same time, uh, it is the, the laws of God that set us free because, of course, Christ is the one that sets us free, but it is because it's his laws, his way of life, and he wants us to be uh, happy and, and joyous. But we, we want to do it our own way, and we don't understand why it doesn't work out and why there's so much unhappiness in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's right back to that concept we talked about in the beginning is that, that, that freedom is the law of liberty that's in, mm -hmm. in the Ten Commandments. Like you said, some people think they can be freed from that law, but it really is that law that can bring us freedom and peace and true true peace of mind. Uh, when I was first studying the Bible, uh, it was 15 years ago or so, when I first uh, came into this work and saw this program, I knew nothing of freedom. I only knew that I wanted to find it. And I never thought I would find it in the Bible because I had never, I never, I had never read the Bible, so I didn't really know what it said about freedom. But, but I was looking to be freed from a lot of despair in in my life because the world is pretty awful, and just living day to day life is very challenging for pretty much everyone out there. We all go through really challenging things in our lives, and I was looking for th something that could help guide me and help me kind of bring me out of some of those things. And it, it, it was it was fascinating to me that that as I started studying and as I started understanding it, and it was through the help of Tomorrow's World, the telecast, and a lot of this literature that we offer on our, on our website and everywhere else, but it was through the help of that that it started sort of unlocking and opening up my understanding to what the Bible said. Um, and, and, it, and it really did start bringing me a freedom that I had never understood. And I, I I really wouldn't have expected it to come from the Bible because I think most people who say they're looking for freedom is meaning they're just looking sort of to do their own thing. Uh, and and that's not what, what freedom is. It, for, the true freedom is really doing what God wants us to do. And there are tremendous blessings that come from that. Yes, I think that I, I've heard you tell the story a little bit of, of your life and how you came in. And it's very exciting because you had, you came from such a different background. You had a, a band and uh, quite a famous tuba player here, by the way. Uh, he's even got his own website there, I believe. And, and more, more uh, a bigger following as his, he plays a tuba than probably anybody in the world. But, uh, you know, freedom is, uh, comes through, through uh, obedience to God. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, when I first heard about what we call the truth, because the Bible is the Word of God, and that is the truth. Uh, it was through a friend of mine who played guitar in my band, and uh, he's flipping around the channels late at night, um, and we were we were really into the what we call the end times. So if you look around today, you can't help but think that this world is kind of teeter-tottering on disaster. 
You, I mean, if, if, if you have an open mind and, and you're reading the news and you really think about it, uh, this world is kind of on the brink of disaster in so many different aspects. And we were really focused on that, my band, myself at that time. Uh, I was very, very scared, to be honest, just very, very scared about what was going on in the world. Um, and we sang about that. Uh, the name of my band, uh, although it's, it's not a famous band, nobody will find it if you look it up because we, we weren't very good or anything. Uh, but it was called Liberty believe it or not, because uh, freedom was, was such an important thing to me, and I wanted to, to find freedom from the fear that I had. And so, so my bandmate started telling me about this show that he was watching at 3 o'clock in the morning called Tomorrow's World, uh, and there were three gentlemen on the show. There was Dr. Roderick Meredith, Richard Ames, and uh, Mr. John O'Gwyn, who were uh, on the show, and they were talking about it. And after a while, I started watching this show uh, with, with my bandmate and, and was super fascinated by it because they were giving answers about why the world was ending that I had never I had never heard before. And I was looking for answers. I would listen to late night radio and they'd talk about aliens and they'd say the aliens are coming and this and that and they'd have different people on all the time. Uh, there was the Y2K scare in 1999 and I was one of those people who had my truck completely full of food and water and and even back then guns but we 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 don't like to have guns now because uh, as Christians we don't want to kill anybody but back then before I was in this work I thought I was going to go up to the mountains and have my food and water and the Y2K was going to happen and I was going to be a mountain man and try to survive somehow with my guns and weapons. And here was this show that was teaching something very different than anything I had ever heard. And I had never heard of Herbert W. Armstrong, who was um, one of the predecessors of this work here. Um, and I, it was Tomorrow's World was, was the first touch of real biblical truth that I ever had. Um, and as, as I studied and started to really understand these things, I, I realized that there is a church involved. And um, I had never been to church in my life. But um, but when you go to the Tomorrow's World website, you can get in touch with us um, you, and you can write and we can have a minister call you and answer your questions and visit you. Um, so we do have this wide reaching church. And that was another thing. You know, when, when I was first coming in, I, I thought that churches were just a place you go in your own neighborhood, right? You, you see all these churches around, they have their steeples, and everybody in the neighborhood, they go to this, this church or they go to that church. And I thought it was super fascinating when I first was studying the truth and, and learning about this way of life that there was, there was this work that was going on all around the world. And that's part of what we're doing here on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, is that, that, that this kind of technology, we can reach the entire world. I mean, people in Russia could be watching this. People in Africa can be watching this in different parts of Asia, the United States, Canada, South America. And that this church, we actually have ministers that are all over the world who speak different languages and have con you know, congregations of people from all different places because, you know, Christ wants the whole entire world to come to him. He really does want the whole entire world to understand this truth. And when I was coming in and I started learning about these things, I, I thought, wow, there's, there, this, there's this little church, but, but it has so many different people in so many different places. And I, I found that fascinating. Mm -hmm. 
No, no, I think, look, Dylan, you know, God, uh, we're supposed to, you know, be fishers of men. Mm -hmm. And um, if God used uh, the three o'clock in the morning telecast to, you know, reach out and, you know, he found you through that, he can use uh, Facebook Live, he can use YouTube Live. Uh, he can, of course, use the telecast, which we, you know, we uh, air around the world uh, on TV and satellite. But again, back to, back to this show, that's, you know, that's what's exciting about it. And you're right. You know, your band was named Liberty. Um, you're not going to find that uh, out in the world. You're going to find that through, frankly, a relationship with God and, uh, and through the pages of the Bible and uh, through, um, you know, working uh, to overcome your own, you know, weaknesses and so forth through prayer and a connection and a, and a true relationship with God. So that's, uh, you know, in, in this show, hopefully, uh, we can talk about current events, we can talk about news, a little bit about prophecy, but hopefully it's always bringing people back to there's a real God, the Bible is His Word, and, you know, we can, we can uh, maybe reach people who aren't interested or don't even know uh, that they're interested or, or, or don't believe that there's a God, and, and, and hopefully God will bless the show and we can, uh, we can reach more people and we'll have a lot more, uh, of course, you know, it's not us that does it, it's God that does it, but you know what I mean, we'd have a lot more uh, success stories like you and, and uh, people that have found uh, really liberty, because you weren't going to find that through your band, and, and now you found it, and that's, that's, you know, that is the message that Jesus Christ really came, and that's back to Mr. Weston's book, we mentioned that, but um, God wants us to have liberty. And we're heading as a world, as a, as a people, we're heading not towards liberty. We're heading towards more and more problems, uh, geopolitical problems, all kinds of But, you know, that's not, that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to have liberty. And that's a big conversation, you know, probably mm -hmm. beyond today's show. But uh, back to this show, that's one thing I hope that the show helps accomplish is witnessing. And it's another medium, like Mr. Weston mentioned, Mr. Armstrong was one of the, you know, earliest radio preachers. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned it on the last show last week, Dr. Meredith. I think God inspired him. And uh, he, you know, we were streaming YouTube Live. He, he was the one. He was streaming YouTube Live, uh, you know, three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. So if we can use this as another medium or another way to reach people, then that's, that's fantastic. We'll see what kind of fruits, you know, God uh, produces. But um, to me, that's what's exciting about this. Yeah, I mean, that's why we're here. Good news is coming. So don't despair, everyone out there. Share this show. We have this show. It's, it's, it's a new opportunity to reach out to you. So if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, and you see our show, you can just hit that little share button and share it with your friends. Because there's not a lot of places in the world that are talking about prophetic things. And a lot of people, when you, when you talk to them about Bible prophecy and they think of the book of Revelation, they think, oh, it's going to be so bad and there's going to be this great tribulation. And yeah, they're right. But God's word says, and, 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 and there's, there's a gospel, and gospel means good news. So Christ came to tell us that, yes, there's a new world coming. There's a world of freedom and liberty coming, and that God wants that for this world. And right now, it's pretty obvious that this is not a world of freedom and liberty. The governments of this world and the people of this world have lost sight of the true God of Abraham. 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there's no, no doubt about it. You see it, and I think everyone really feels it in this world and are looking for answers. And so our little show here, we love you, and we want to give you these answers. So please tune in next week, and we're here. We're, we're looking out at the news. We're looking for what's going on, and we want to help explain that. And we want to be here for you. So just keep looking at your Facebook feeds. Keep up to date with us. Visit our website, tomorrowsworld.org. There's so much great material there that you can read about, and you can connect with us. You can connect with real people who are involved in teaching the good news of the world tomorrow. So I think we had a great show. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. And uh, next week, we plan to talk about why there is suffering in this world. And we've invited a longtime minister and head of our Spanish and French work, Mr. Mario Hernandez, to come on and talk about that. Because just like I was saying, there is a lot of suffering in this world. And a lot of people think, well, well why would God allow that to happen? And I think it'll be really interesting to hear what the Bible says about those answers. So please tune in next week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to Tomorrow's World Now, Tomorrow's World Now, or TW Now, as we're calling it. Uh, we look forward to seeing you. We love you. We're praying for you. Please pray for us as we continue in this endeavor. So for now, uh, have a great afternoon, and we'll see you next week.